Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you joined us. We pray that you're strengthened by today's message from our children's pastor, Stacey Sampson. Well, this Christmas series is called Fear Not. Last week, Pastor Greg introduced us to the series with the story of Zachariah. He talked about unanswered prayers. He talked about overcoming fear with belief. And so this morning, we are diving into the story of my girl, Mary. Is anyone familiar with her? She's like 5'5", Jewish girl, immaculate pregnancy. We know her? Okay, well, four people know her. I'll tell you about her. I'll tell you about her. Mary didn't have any problems with believing like Zachariah did. Her fear was not, will God do this? It was, how? How God will do it. And so through the story of Mary, we're going to learn today that God tells us to fear not when it comes to our difficulties, when it comes to our journeys, when it comes to the impossible things in your life. God tells us, fear not. So before we jump into the rest of our message, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that your spirit would come and rest on us now. Rest on our hearts and our minds. Lord, would you teach us today? You are so good, Jesus. And we long to sit at your feet and learn from you. So thank you for the word that you have this morning. Father, I pray that you bless all the hearts that you have prepared to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, you guys are quiet. I'm just saying, in kids' ministry, there's a lot going on. And so it's comfy if you're all chatting and saying amen. <laughs> all right, I'm very excited to speak with you this morning. Usually my audience are these sweet little faces, and I get to have so much fun with them. I get to encourage them and teach them, and so this morning, I hope that I can encourage you and teach you and also have some fun with you. One thing we do in kids' ministry when we read the Bible is we will act it out as I'm reading it, and so there's roles that come along with whatever scripture we're reading, and the kids get to interpret it however they would react and so if someone was playing Mary, and I said Mary was afraid, whoever's playing Mary gets to interpret that how they think they would react. Usually it's screaming and fainting or <laughs> something very dramatic. <laughs> and I, I really wanted to get them up here this morning to do that with them, but I, honestly, I never really know what's going to come out of their mouth, so I was like, I better not <laughs> do that because I really just don't know. But there's actually a purpose to this. The purpose is, is that we put ourselves into the story. We want to think about what is being felt. What's the significance behind these words? What's the importance of what's being said? And how would I feel if that happened to me? How do I react? And what is the Lord saying to me through this Bible story? And so we're going to do that this morning. I'm not, I'm not going to make you act it out. Not that. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is alive and active. And so the stories we're reading, they're not just stories. The Bible is meant to teach us, to equip us, to disciple us, to sharpen us. And so as we read the story of Mary, we're going to ask today, God, what are you saying through her story? What are you saying to me through this story? We're going to start in Luke chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, 
you can grab that. I feel like this is in the day of age, day and age of phones. I hardly ever see Bibles at church anymore. So if you're on your phone, I won't think you're on Facebook. I will assume you're, I'll assume you're reading your Bible. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth is um, on Pastor Greg's sermon last week. So if you didn't hear that, you should go check that out. God sent an angel, the angel Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. I was reading that scripture and something really stood out to me. I wonder if any of you caught that. Were any of you surprised that Mary showed her confusion, her distress with the words, you are favored, God is with you? I thought that was so interesting because for some reason in previous years when I have read this story, I always assumed that she was scared because an angel just appeared. And as much as I think that would be very cool, if I truly experienced that, my reaction would probably be similar to all the other times in the Bible, in the Bible, when the angel appears and has to quickly follow up with their appearance with, don't be afraid, because I most definitely would be very afraid. But it actually said confused at what the angel could mean. That really caught my attention. Mary's confusion, her fear, her troubled thoughts were with the words, you are favored, God is with you. Wow. The Greek word used to describe Mary's reaction, it also means to agitate greatly or to intensely go back and forth between your thoughts and your emotions. The King James Version says, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast her mind in what sort of manner of salutation this should be. I imagine it might have gone something like this. I think this is because I do this in kids' ministry. We act it out. But the angel going, Mary, you are doing great. Good job. I'm so proud of you. God is with you. And Mary quickly going, what on earth are you talking about? What do you mean? What is going to happen right now? I'm not sure about this. Because I think if, if an angel came and told me that, I'd be like, wow, good job, Stacy. You're doing great. I think there's two reactions that sometimes tend to happen when someone tells you, great job. We are really proud of ourselves because we did do a really good job. Or we feel like we don't deserve it. Which do you tend to fall towards? I remember the first time I was asked to speak, we were considering topics for an upcoming sermon series, and I had an idea, and I suggested one. And Pastor Greg looks right at me, and he says, great, you'll preach that one. I have never preached before. And so I sort of did one of those awkward, <laughs> okay, and we all moved on. And for a few days, I had no idea if he was serious or if he was joking. I wasn't sure if I should be preparing for a sermon or laughing at something very funny. And so finally, I resolved to ask, and actually, it was not a joke. So I got to sermon writing. And the whole time I was preparing a sermon, I kept thinking, I don't know if I'm the person for this job. 
I think I can relate to Mary on that, that intensely going back and forth between thoughts and emotions. It felt like a, you are highly favored moment. And I went, okay, that's great. Thank you for saying that. What does that mean? What do I have to do? You know, I've actually often felt that over the past few years. I get this insecurity that will creep up on me because I wonder, how is it, God, that you chose me? How is it, God, that of all these people I know, you chose me, that you favor me, that you've placed me in these positions where I get to love on so many people kids and families and be a part of something incredible. How is it that you chose me? And I get insecure. And I think, are you sure? You really sure? You know, you don't have to be a young, poor girl from Bethlehem to think that your experience, your history, your societal value disqualifies you from being used by God. Maybe your family wasn't supportive when you were trying to get to know God, and now you're convinced he probably doesn't really want to know you. Maybe you've made mistakes throughout your life. Lord knows I have. And you think that because of that, you are beyond his reach. Maybe you've tried to dedicate your life to God so many times, and these little things keep creeping up on you, and so you think God has given up on you. You know, I wonder if I were to come off this stage and come and look you in the eye right now and tell you, you are favored. God is with you. Would you believe me? What would your reaction be? You know, Mary was confused, but let's be clear about one thing. God was not confused when he chose her. And God knows exactly what is happening when he chooses you. He's not confused. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't particularly feel insecure. You're like, yeah, I know that I'm highly favored. I know that I'm chosen. I still need to remind myself of that. But to remind yourself of it to the point where everyone around sees that. You know, I have this thought that the angel didn't just mean God is with you as in beside you. I have this thought that the angel meant God is in you as in I can see God through you. I think he also meant I can see him in you in the way you emanate his love. So the question might not be for you today, am I favored? Is God with me? Maybe the question for you today is, Can you see God through me? Can you see God in me? Here's the second thing I think Mary could have been thinking. I wonder if she knew what it meant when an angel came and you got called by the Lord. Because previous times in the Old Testament, it was actually not the most fun stories. Esther constantly faced her death Moses wandered in a desert for a third of his life. Noah was a social outcast. Joseph was enslaved. Ruth had to leave her family. Jeremiah got thrown in prison. Does that sound like a fun life to you? You see, I wonder if Mary didn't just think the angel was coming in to say hi. I wonder if she knew that this was her call story. 
How many of you have experienced that sometimes when God asks you to do things, it is actually not always easy? I have. If I can be really honest with you this morning, preaching is not always easy. You make it look so easy. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) You know, I grew up in a church, and I'm not bashing any denominations here. There are different things that the Lord leads different people into, but I grew up in a church where women are not allowed in any form of leadership position. Women cannot vote. Women cannot preach. Women cannot be an elder or a deacon. That is not allowed. And I grew up with them from the time I was a baby till I was 18 years old. That was my family. That was the people that I knew. And when I got called here, it actually severed all of those relationships. I wasn't even a pastor yet. I was just attending this church. And it severed all of those relationships. There are still people who don't think that I should be up here for no other reason than because I'm a woman. I'm serious, church. And the church that I grew up in would not have kind things to say to me if they saw me up here today. So if I can be honest with you, it's actually not always easy. I have some insecurities, I have some negative feedback, and that I need to work through to pursue the things that God called me to do. I don't think Mary's call was particularly attractive. Picture a young girl, teenage years, engaged to be with someone, and all of a sudden, she's pregnant, unmarried, and in Bible times, you guys, that was detrimental to someone's social status. I imagine that isn't something she would have chosen for herself. She probably had a bit of her life planned out already. In fact, she was already engaged. So I don't think that having someone else's baby was really on the agenda. You know, we can get really fearful, we can get confused, we can have these intense emotions when it comes to things that we're not expecting. When plans get changed on us, when it doesn't seem like something we should be doing, or something we don't particularly want to be doing. So how do we conquer that fear? Here's how. You are highly favored. God is with you. It was never about all these tasks, all the things that Mary could do for God. It wasn't about whether this was going to be a really, really fun journey or a really difficult one. It was always about those beginning words. You are favored. God is with you. When the angel came to Mary, he didn't start with, here's the game plan, here's all the things I need you to do, here's what we got to get done. He came to her and he said, You are favored. God is with you. God will be with you. You know, church, when you know who you are, I am highly favored. And when you know whose you are, God is with me. I am telling you, you are going to be unstoppable for the kingdom of God. You know, it's not impossible with God. A woman pastor, 
You know, it's not impossible overcoming my fears and my insecurities that maybe I shouldn't be doing this. You know, church, I am so, so, so convinced of this. That when you know who's and who you are, you are unstoppable. There's nothing God can't do through you. It changes you, church. I am so convinced of this. You know, my brother, he's been having a really difficult few years. He's been having a really difficult time most of our lives, to be honest. We grew up and we were best friends, and then one day we started to split a little bit. I started to learn whose I was. He hasn't learned that yet. It's hard to see. But when I pray for him, when I think of him, I get this fire inside of me, and I think, come on, if you just knew whose you were, if you just knew who you are, your circumstances are not going to change. Your past is not going to change. Your present might not change. But you know what changes? You. You change. Amen. Isaiah 41 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So where do I get my strength, my encouragement? What upholds me in the midst of my struggle? The only thing is that the Lord is with me. That's it. You know, church, God is going to call you. You know, maybe you're sitting here like, yeah, that's not meant for me. No, it is. It's meant for you. God is going to call you into some really, really incredible things that you might not think you're worthy of. But the only thing you have to do, the only thing Mary had to do was to know whose and who she is. That's it. The story goes on in Luke chapter 1 to tell us what the angel actually had to say and what Mary's response was. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel. His kingdom will never end. Wow. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. If we were in Mary's shoes, we might panic. We might be full of a lot of questions. What am I going to tell my parents? Is Joseph going to stay with me? What is my town going to say about me? First of all, are people even going to believe this? Because this is very crazy. But Mary's fears are actually not based on her reputation. They're not based on what other people say. They're not based on her relationships. She only asks a very, very technical question. How? how? Her fear is not of believability. She believes it. It's of biology. God, how is that going to happen? She knows that she's never slept with a man, or as we like to say in kids' ministry, she wasn't married. And so she wonders, how is this going to happen? Unlike Zachariah, she doesn't doubt. It's not a question of if for her, it's a question of how. How many of us like to ask that question? How? I've asked that question a lot this year. 
I've asked that question a lot throughout my life. God, I'm not opposed to saying yes to your plans. I'm not opposed to moving churches, but how? How am I going to do that? I'm not opposed to being up here and speaking, but how? Because I get pretty insecure. How? God, you want me to. You guys fill in the blank. And then we ask him, how? Has anyone ever noticed that we really like to control things? I'm more like Mary in the way that I believe it. I believe that God can and will, but I also often ask how. It can cause me to try and play God sometimes. If I'm not sure what's going on, how he's going to work it out, I'll just, here God, let me just help you out. It doesn't, I don't know if you've got this worked out. Let me just step in here for you. When it seems like God is taking too long to do something, God, you know what? I know you're busy. Let me just do it for you. If Mary tried to figure out the how of getting pregnant without the Holy Spirit, how many of you know it would not be Jesus our Savior? It wouldn't be. I'm sure God laughs at me sometimes. And he says, okay, thank you. I've got this figured out, though. You really don't need to help, but thank you. You know, parents with kids, I'm sure you can relate when your kids want to help you fix something or clean something or cook something. And the only way it's helpful is the fact that it is very cute. But usually it causes a lot more chaos than cleanliness, you know? Where are we trying to control the how? Is it in our relationships? God, I want to get married, so I'm just going to eeny, meeny, my mo here. I'm just going to pick someone. I'm not going to wait for your plan. Is it in our children's lives? God, I really want them to succeed. I want them to be successful. I want this thing for them, so let me just push them. Let me just do it for you. Is it in our friendships? God, I really don't know if you spoke to Susie about that yet, so I'll just speak to her for you. You don't have to worry about it. I'll do it. You know, like Mary, we like to raise the question, how? We can be fearful and questioning when we don't feel equipped to follow the path that God has for us. To go where we haven't been before, to go where he wants us to go. We get fearful when we don't feel equipped. We can try and get all the information, all the hows. We can intensely go back and forth between our thoughts and emotions. We can try to do it all with the plans that we have. We like to have it all under control with the word how. You know, I think the question of how was actually answered in the first sentence the angel spoke. God is with you. That's how. John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. What does that scripture say? We need to be with God. We need God in us. We need God. That's the how. That's how we make it through heartache. That's how we make it through loss. That's how we make it through parenting. That's how we make it through walking beside someone who is sick, who has disease, that's how we make it through the callings that God gives each and every one of us, the path he wants us to walk down. It's all with that sentence, God is with you. 
You know, if I were Mary, I would have asked another question. Why? God, why are you disrupting my plans for this? My neighbor, Harriet, she looks like a much better candidate. Why don't you go give her your plans? I'm good. I'm engaged. Leave me alone. You know, sometimes we don't want the plan, especially when it comes attached with things that are hard. When it comes attached with baggage, with turmoil that we have to navigate through. You know, God does have plans for my neighbor Harriet. That is a made-up name. Hopefully your name's not Harriet. God has plans for her. But my goodness, does he have plans for you? But I still sometimes ask why. I still sometimes ask how. Do you know Mary doesn't ask why? She doesn't ask why. She has what feels like one of the most peaceful responses in the Bible. Let's take a look at what she says. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and now is in her sixth month. Wow. For the word of God will never fail. Wow. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And with that, the angel left her. So Mary had this fear of her call, asked how it was possible, and at the end, she accepted it by saying, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. We can overcome our fear, our distress, our anxieties, our worry about everything happening in our lives with one word, trust. Trust. Isaiah 26 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord himself is the rock eternal trust. Mary's response was that of trust. It honestly astounds me. How can she be apprehensive about someone saying, you are so favored, good job, and then the angel says, you're going to have a baby, and she says, great. Sounds good. What do you mean? You know, what does it take for us to get on board? What does it take for us to have a response of trust when it comes to the Lord? Later in the story, Mary did become pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Her fiancé stayed with her. I'm sorry if I spoiled that for you. You should read it. She gave birth to the Savior of the world. Mary's yes had insurmountable roads ahead with unbelievable results. God, through Mary, his servant, sent his son to be the savior of our world. To save me, to save you, through Mary. Now, each of us have this opportunity to have Christ in us, to have God within us as we go through all the things of life 
How many of you guys know life is actually not always easy? It's kind of hard sometimes. We have the opportunity to have God in us. Pastor Greg last week said in his message, your lives have spectacular purpose. You don't even know it. You don't even know the effect you're having. If Mary's yes sent us the Savior of the world, I am so excited to see what God's going to do with your yes. I am so excited what he's going to do through you with your yes. You know, when someone asks me, how are you in this position? How are you here right now? I don't have a book, 30 Steps, How to Get Somewhere Great. The only thing I have is Jesus. I don't have a different upbringing from my brother. The only thing I have different is Jesus. How do you think Mary got through all of that? The call on her life, a fiancé leaving her a town, talking about her, a pregnancy, a journey to Bethlehem, having a baby in a stable. How do you think she got through all of that? She had God with her. She had God with her, and that is all you need, church. That's all you need to get through the next thing. That's all you need in your calling. That's all you need in your struggles. You need God with you. You know, many things in life can really overwhelm us, cause us to tremble, be confused, be afraid like Mary. We face immovable mountains. We face impassable seas and incredible storms, and we wonder, God, how are you going to get me through this? Oh, if I can just tell you, God has all the logistics figured out for you already. He will make a way for you. Because the angel didn't come to Mary and say, this is what I need you to do to get through this. He told her, she is highly favored, and God is with her. So that's all I can tell you today. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are highly, highly favored. I just feel like there's someone here sitting there and going, you know what, that's actually not me. Like, I know that that's for other people here this morning. That is not for me. I'm not highly favored. You are. You really, really are. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what you've done. You are highly favored because God says you are. You can trust God and you can trust the plans that he has for you because they are really good plans, you guys. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Jeremiah 29 is a very popular scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You know, at that time when I left my church and I came here, I was around 18. It didn't really feel like plans to prosper at that point. I got ripped away not ripped away, but I pulled myself away from 
the only people that had been my family my whole life, zero to 18, the only deep friendships I had, when I came here, all of it was severed. That didn't really feel like plans to prosper me at that point. And when I started teaching and preaching, people would say, you should not be a pastor. For goodness sake, don't you realize you're a woman? It actually felt a lot like harm to me. Didn't feel like plans to prosper. Church, in coming here, I have been adopted into the most loving family I've ever met. I'm so grateful that I have you as my brothers and my sisters. I get to call this place my home. I get to serve here in God's kingdom. And but you know what you have to do? You have to trust him. Thanks for joining us today. For more on our messages or information about our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. We hope you have a great week.